everyone, and welcome to uh, what should be, for you, Broncos country, an exciting Cliss's uh, Mic Drop podcast here as we move into week 10. The Broncos coming off uh, of their best win in a couple of years. Uh, they're up 30 to nothing on the Cowboys in Dallas at Jerry's World. Uh, in the final six minutes, uh, the Cowboys with a couple of backups on the field for the Broncos uh, wind up scoring 16 points to kind of ruin the final score. So it's 30 to 16 Broncos win, but they just absolutely dominated that game. From the time Justin Simmons tackled uh, Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield on fourth and one to shut down the Cowboys' first drive. That came at about the 38-yard line of the Broncos. The next drive for the uh, Cowboys, it's fourth and two at the 20, the Broncos' 20. And Dak had uh, Cedric Wilson wide open on a crossing pattern for about five yards and uh, threw it at his feet. Uh, didn't didn't quite understand that one, and uh, that, that ball fell incomplete. So uh, the Broncos got a little lucky there. They got lucky with the block punt and recovering it as a cowboy muffed it past as the ball rolled past the line of scrimmage. But really the Broncos deserved it. They won it. They were the better team on both sides of the ball. Um, they just punched the Cowboys in the mouth. Uh, the defense was outstanding. Teddy Bridgewater was very good and uh, he fed off the running game. Uh, they had 190 yards rushing between Javante Williams, who is Javante and Melvin Gordon combined for 191 yards, and then Teddy took a knee at the end to make it 190. But uh, what a what a performance by the uh, Broncos' offensive line, which finished the game with one starter along its offensive line, and that was center Lloyd Cushenberry, a good one to have as far as operating the, the you know as far as executing the whole operation. Garrett Bowles is down at left tackle, and uh, Kelvin Anderson had a very good game. Uh, Dalton Reisner played all but the final nine snaps in the fourth quarter, and uh, who came? Austin Schlotman came in for him. And uh, Austin, by the way, was promoted this week. What a what a mixed week for Austin Schlotman. He gets the final nine snaps for Reisner on Sunday. He's officially, and he was up as a COVID uh, replacement, so it was his third elevation uh, of the year, one more than the max, but on COVID, it's unlimited. So they had a couple guys on the COVID reserve. Schlopman was up for his third game. He's officially on the 53-man roster uh, this week as of Tuesday. So he gets the big bump in pay. And what happens on Thursday, Veterans Day, and Happy Vets Day to uh, all those who served out there, in particular those who uh, served in combat. Um, Boy, we just can't thank you and honor you enough uh, for doing that for our country. But Austin Schlopman uh, tests positive for COVID. And uh, he's a sixth player in the last 16 days for the Broncos to test positive for COVID. They are Natane Moody, backup guard, uh, Noah Fant, starting tight end, Drew Locke on Sunday. That was a, uh, way too scary and made a nervous situation for the Broncos on Sunday morning. Drew Locke tests positive. Uh, on Sunday morning for COVID, and Teddy Bridgewater is declared a close contact. So Teddy has to take the test, and then he he seems to pass the test. He's negative, and they say, oh, they got mixed up. Uh, we got to do it again. Uh, they didn't have to do it again. They just had to rerun the results again. 
and Teddy came back negative. So that scare went out the window. And uh, Teddy played well, throwing for 250, uh, high percentage again, touchdown, no interceptions, took four sacks, but really had uh, some beautiful throws to Jerry Judy on the first touchdown drive to Tim Patrick, 44-yarder that beat uh, the great Trevon uh, Diggs, cornerback for the Cowboys, for the second touchdown. Uh, third and 14, I think it was, he hit Kendall Hinton for 40 yards across the middle, uh, set up Teddy's own one-yard uh, reach-over touchdown. So uh, excellent game from him. And uh, he also hit Cortland Sutton for a two-point conversion. Just uh, the best balanced game for the Broncos that they've had in a long while. They still suffer injuries. Graham Glasgow, starting right guard, out for the season, suffers a fracture on, a, on a, what was supposed to be a final play of the half, uh, Hail Mary. Bobby Massey, a few plays earlier, went down with an ankle and knee injury. Um, so uh, it, it was, uh, it was a, a tough day for the Broncos again on the injury front. Um, as I said, only one offensive lineman standing at the end of the game. But the Broncos, Vic Fangio, say they now have a new standard. It doesn't matter who's injured. It doesn't matter who's in the game. They expect to play well. Maybe not 30 to nothing well, but they expect to, uh, to, to uh, play well enough to win on Sunday. And this week, it's against the Philadelphia Eagles, another NFC East team. The Broncos are 3-0. and against the NFC East. The Eagles are 0-3, to which I say, uh, so what? Uh, you know, in the NFL, uh, could be a dicey matchup. The Eagles' strength is their defensive front, four-man defensive front led by Fletcher Cox. The Broncos are going to have basically three uh, 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 three starters out, and, and maybe four. Uh, Dalton Reisner missed practice Thursday because his foot was stepped on Wednesday. Now, Fangio said he's still going to play. He's going to be okay, but uh, we'll see about that. Um, uh, they do have Natane Muti. They do not have Austin Schlotman as a backup to uh, fill in. And uh, <clears throat> so the Broncos have a challenge. Jalen Hurts, uh, a real good read option quarterback. Uh, he runs um, better than he throws uh, right now, but he's still one of those athletes that, that, that are hard to, for a defense to account for. But uh, Broncos have to win this game, and then they go into the bye 6-4. and four. Lose it, and basically uh, they throw away all the momentum and all the good feelings that they had from uh, the Cowboy victory. Um, confidence has got to be at an all-time high. It was at an all-time high. The Broncos know they can't stub their toe here this week at Empower Field at Mile High. By the way... Uh, a lot more encouragement for wearing masks, uh, even if you're vaccinated in light of the uh, increase. Uh, the New York Times did a study this week that uh, COVID in Colorado is the, got the highest percentage increased in cases, 49%. That was in a two-week period uh, that ended uh, early this week. So uh, it's out there, folks. And um, I know a lot of people are vaccinated and and, uh, you know, these guys are coming back in two weeks. It's, it's basically a two-week illness before they clear. Um, Fant is back. Natain uh, Muti is back. But uh, Drew Locke and then uh, Justin Sternad, an inside linebacker, um, they're out with COVID. Uh, Michael Ojemudi has been out all year. 
with a strained hamstring. He was about to come back and practice this week, and he got COVID. So uh, it, it's uh, infiltrated, the virus has, uh, the Broncos headquarters here in the last couple weeks. The Broncos have changed up their protocols. Their offense is meeting in the field house, which is very spacious. Um, they're spread out. There's mask wearing everywhere. So the Broncos uh, on guard there, uh, trying to be preventative. But uh, the virus goes where the virus wants. So uh, everybody be, be careful out there. Um, we sat down this week with Baron Browning, the rookie inside linebacker who Boy, he was, he, he was having a tough time staying healthy. In fact, Barron missed practice Thursday because muscle spasms in his back flared up again. If you remember, a couple weeks ago they did, and I, I'm not sure if he played in the Cleveland game or not, but it bothered him uh, uh, that week, and, um, and now they flared up on him again. He started the last two games. He's been calling the signals. He's got the... The, the, the speaker in his helmet, and he relays the signals from uh, Fangio to the other 10 guys on the field. And he's, he played better in his second start uh, this past week against the Cowboys than he did his first start uh, against Washington. Um, and he's really moving forward. He was working on the side, and he looked like he was moving okay. So I think Baron uh, Browning's going to be okay to play against the uh, Eagles this Sunday. But uh, it's never a good deal when you don't practice on Thursday. Tim Patrick returned with his knee. Albert O returned with his knee. So on Thursday, so that's a, that's a good sign. So Baron Browning is our is our interview subject. I think you'll enjoy uh, getting to know the rookie from Ohio State, outside linebacker, inside linebacker, mostly outside as he finished his career with the Buckeyes, <clears throat> back inside for the Broncos and doing pretty well. A promising future. So. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, two third-round picks the Broncos had were uh, Baron Browning and uh, Quinn Miners, and both scheduled to start uh, here in Week 10 for the Denver Broncos. So uh, here we are at the sit-down interview that Nine News had with Baron Browning, and then we'll continue with Cliss's mic drop on the other side. Baron, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Boy, the, the season has changed for you in the last couple of weeks. Just talk about your emotions and the and where your head's at getting this uh, big opportunity. Uh, I mean, yeah, it changed a lot just kind of going from a special team role to having to step in and be the starting middle linebacker. Uh, I think my outlook on it has just been just focusing each week, you know, taking one week at a time and just focusing on the day at hand. Like today, I'm just focused on this Wednesday practice and just not trying to get too ahead of myself. I know when they drafted you, um, they knew you were good outside, inside. There's questions. I think you played mostly outside at Ohio State, didn't you? Yeah, towards the end of my career. Toward the end. How has the inside been for you? Um, it's been fine. I mean, I played it before at Ohio State. I mean, I, I made calls at Ohio State as a mic backer, so I was comfortable doing it. It wasn't like it was something new to me or uh, something I had to relearn, I guess. How did you get through the frustration of the injuries that you had, starting with uh, rookie minicamp? Um, 
Yeah, it was a little frustrating, but I think just, uh, you know, I'm firm and believer that everything happens for a reason and just kind of controlling what I can. I think also a huge part was uh, Bradley Chubb. I kind of leaned on him a lot. Uh, when I first got here, he, you know, he invited me over all the time to go out to eat. And just even though he was kind of dealing with his own energy, he was kind of like a big brother to me just in that aspect. What is the uh, most difficult part about playing inside linebacker? Um. I say, if anything, just making sure I got my D, uh, D line set, uh, making sure they got the call because it all starts up front. But I really don't think that's uh, too much of a difficult task. Were you surprised that when they called on you and said, "Hey, Baron, you're starting this week"? Um, I, I honestly wasn't even thinking about that. I was just glad that uh, you know they called on me and the opportunity presented itself. And uh, I know there's no such thing as a missed opportunity, so I didn't want to miss that opportunity. I wanted to take full advantage of it. You know, the Browns game was kind of a, a turning point for this team. It, you know, it couldn't stop the run that game, and that's when they went to you at inside linebacker. Fitting the gaps, stopping the run, that's the primary assignment that they gave you? I mean, uh, I feel like that's the kind of primary focus of any defense. You know, you want to stop the run first and then worry about stopping the pass. So, you know, I just all I care about is just executing and doing my job and knowing that the, the other 10 guys on the field can count on me to do that. You were talking a little bit about uh, Kenny Young, him coming in. It was two guys, two new starters at inside linebacker. How about the relationship you guys have built in a rather quick time? Uh, I think me and Kenny got a great relationship. Uh, I mean, Kenny is a hell of a player. He flies around. You know, he flashes all over the field and makes plays. So it's pretty cool to just kind of have somebody with uh, so much rain, uh, kind of like yourself, out there with you. And uh, I think we just communicate well when we're on the field together. Coach Fangio says uh, you're coming along every week, still making mistakes that y- you have to work on. What, what, Where do you have to work as far as as you go into week three as a starter to kind of tighten up, hone your game? Um, you know, you're, you're always going to have little things you might need to work on. Maybe, you know, if you took a bad angle on a play or if you uh, didn't have great hands when taking on the lineman. But I think just uh, this past week, uh, moving forward from my first week starting, I made a huge jump. Uh, I didn't have as many, as nearly as many mistakes coverage-wise and zone and stuff like that. So I think just each day I just keep, you know, keeping my focus narrowed on executing and uh, just taking advantage of each day. How fun was last week when – you know, coming off the field, all these guys, you didn't think we could do it. No one thought we could do it, and and you did it. Um, that was a huge win for us. I mean, you know, it was a lot of people uh, having a lot of things to say about us and the wins that we had. So just getting that huge win just felt – it just felt great. Um, and I think we just needed it as a team, and, uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to uh, this week. I was going to say, it's flipped now this week. People are expecting you to win, which brings its own challenge. What's, what's the mindset, and what are you guys uh, – talking about this week as far as the challenge um you know each week our, our focus is just going one and oh and i think we just have the same approach and we're keeping that same approach just you know focusing on our opponent for that week and not worrying about any uh, outside noise the only opinions that matter is the, the man in the arena so the people that in, in this building good baron thank you very much appreciate the time thank you so much Welcome back to uh, Chris's Mic Drop, and thank you to Baron Browning. It was nice getting to know the young man from Ohio State, third-round draft pick. Uh, kind of a tweener, outside linebacker, inside linebacker, great athlete. Um, technique and assignment-wise, still has a lot to learn as far as being an inside linebacker, but uh, got a chance to be a starter for the Broncos from uh, going forward. I think they wanted to redshirt him this year. 
because all the injuries he had, he had the knee injury in rookie minicamp, which forced him to miss all the OTAs uh, and, and most of training camp. Uh, then he had back spasms, uh, he had a groin, or, or he had a hamstring he was dealing with. So he's been in and out of practice, uh, but uh, if he could stay healthy, he's a good one. So uh, see what happens this week against the Eagles. On Thursday, George Payton, the Broncos general manager, by the way, went to uh, Pittsburgh, Heinz uh, Field, to uh, personally scout the uh, college game between Pitt and North Carolina. And um, Kenny Pickett is a projected first-round draft pick now from Pitt, quarterback. And North Carolina, before this year, Sam Howell uh, was a projected first-round draft pick. Uh, Howell was like uh, considered a, a Heisman Trophy candidate. He's fallen off quite a bit since then. North Carolina's 5-4 and four going into the game. But George Payton there. George working with a heavy heart the last uh, week or so. His uh, father passed away. Uh, from what I understand, a coaching legend and, and a former UCLA player, as George was, um, Mr. Payton, Tom Payton, uh, had been battling Alzheimer's for a while. Uh, he was in hospice. Uh, a week or so ago, the Broncos flew George back uh, to Southern California, uh, George and his wife and kids, uh, so they could say their goodbyes uh, to Mr. Payton, and uh, he passed away on Sunday. So... Um, George is still working uh, with a heavy heart, and uh, he was very close with his father. And condolences go out to George Payton, who uh, made that big trade last week, uh, trading away uh, Vaughn Miller, and yet uh, and yet the Broncos uh, played their best game of the season. Uh, perhaps it's not a coincidence. And so it's on to the Eagles, and this is basically a, a, a season-on-the-brink game for the Broncos. Win and the Broncos are six and four, and they're legitimate playoff contenders going into the bye. On the other side of the bye, they have home games against the Lions and Bengals. They should win those, and then they have five games against the AFC West. And the AFC West is tough. Two more against uh, Kansas City, and the Chiefs are stumbling this year. But the Broncos have lost eleven in a row to them. Uh, you've got the Chargers, much improved with Justin Herbert. They got two more games there. Broncos have to win one of them. And then you have one more game on the day after Christmas at Las Vegas against the Raiders. Somehow, some way, the Broncos need to win two of those games against the AFC West and then beat the Bengals and Lions at home. And you beat the Eagles on Sunday. There's 10 wins. 10 and 7 should get you. That seventh, I don't think it'll get you the division, but it should get you that seventh AFC playoff spot. Now, if you lose to the Eagles, the Broncos are 5-5, five and five, and I'm telling you, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a dogfight. It is not going to be easy. Uh, the, you know, the odds makers are correct, only making it two and a half points. Uh, the scary thing from the Broncos' perspective is their uh, decimated offensive line against the Eagles' front, which is their strength led by Fletcher Cox. So it's going to be a tough one. Let's see how Jalen Hurts. Uh, Vic Fangio is going to have to confuse Jalen Hurts as much as he did uh, Dak Prescott uh, last week. And, and and he can, and he should, and the Broncos should win. But if they don't, they're 5-5, five and five, and then no one feels good about them going into the break. Is You feel okay about them, but uh, you're, you're not ready to call them a playoff contender. So that's it. Uh, thank you again to Baron Browning. Thank you.
Broncos country for listening to uh, Clissa's Mic Drop podcast here in week 10. We'll do this again next week during the bye week as we wrap up not only the game against the Eagles, but the Broncos through their first 10 weeks as they go into the bye and then uh, get ready for the second half. So thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great uh, uh, Veterans Day uh, weekend, so to speak, and uh, enjoy yourself and be careful out there uh, in the state of Colorado. And um, we'll see you Sunday at Empower Field at Mile High.